NBA fans around the globe are breathing a collective sigh of relief. Can you hear it? The bubble has held. Protocols and procedures mean high-flying dunks in fly sneakers. The wait is finally over. Basketball has returned. From Locked On NBA, this is the Locked On NBA Season Re-Preview Show. I'm Doug Branson of Locked On Hornets, and I will be your guide as we virtually crisscross the country, and in some cases the world, to re-preview the NBA season. Coming up on Part 3, we have previews of the Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, San Antonio Spurs, Wizards, Pacers, and a preview of the first two teams to tango tonight, the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans. Let's go. If you haven't listened to part one or part two of our re-preview series, don't cheat yourself, treat yourself, because we've got every bubble podcast giving you recaps, what's changed, what hasn't, about each of the teams getting ready to face off in Orlando. If you don't know how this is going to go, we asked every podcast to answer the following questions about their team. Number one, how is your team different now than when you pause the season? Number two, what is the biggest storyline with your team? And number three, your best educated local expert guess on how your team ends the season. We begin with the team that has one of the greatest players in the world that the world has ever seen. I'm, of course, talking about the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm, of course, talking about Alex Caruso. Anthony Irwin is one of the best podcasters the world has ever seen. He's the host of Locked On Lakers, and he begins with who is in and who is out on LeBron and AD's quest for a championship. Lakers don't have Avery Bradley. He opted not to play in the bubble uh, for family reasons. And Rajon Rondo is out for the next six to eight weeks. They added J.R. Smith and they added Dion Waiters. And um, so far, Laker fans seems to enjoy uh, seems to enjoy life on Waiters Island. And J.R. Smith uh, has a weirdly fun connection with Dwight Howard, which is an odd thing to be saying in 2020. But we are, uh, after all, in 2020. Uh, I do think the Lakers are going to be see a slight. Step back, obviously, defensively, probably a pretty big step back defensively. Uh, but I actually think they're capable of a lot more offensively. Rajon Rondo won't have so many minutes where teams just don't have to pay any attention to him. J.R. Smith might open things up. You'll have players like KCP and Alex Caruso getting more minutes uh, than uh, than they were with Rondo in the, in the rotation. So I, I actually think the Lakers might be slightly better than they were heading into the hiatus, oddly enough. Uh, the Bradley loss is a big one. When he was playing really well, that's when the Lakers were just at their at their absolute best. But I think KCP and Caruso can bring some of the stuff that he was bringing uh, and, then, and then in more minutes for LeBron as they head into the playoffs in AD as we see these minutes extended for the Lakers' best players, uh, the Lakers will take a step forward. Uh, the, the biggest current storyline facing the Lakers, however, is going to be Alex Caruso. We've had a ton of people just demanding, begging, really, please, let's see what this guy can actually bring to the table when given legitimate role player minutes. And so far, the math says that he should play really well, but there is a law of diminishing returns. Uh, he does play really hard out there, and there's a chance that... In longer minutes, he's not able to 
play with that same intensity or uh, in those longer minutes teams might key in on his offensive shortcomings and we find out that there's a reason why the Lakers have been playing him uh, the roughly 18 minutes or 20 minutes a game that he's been playing so far this year so uh, that's going to be the top storyline for the Lakers if he's good then they'll be fine and maybe even better than they were with Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo the other one is Kyle Kuzma but we've been waiting for him to be you know anything more than the Kyle Kuzma we've seen over the last couple years so I'm not quite holding my breath there finally my best guess on how the team ends this season I think they get to a conference finals and it's a toss-up between them and the Clippers and then if they get past the Clippers it's another toss-up between them and the Milwaukee Bucks I think those three teams are pretty easily the best teams in the NBA right now and however those teams match up is going to be fascinating to see. We're, this this entire thing is probably really going to be come down to a war of attrition, and whoever is the healthiest at the end is probably going to take home the trophy. So that's kind of how I, I see this all playing out. It's going to be fascinating. It's been great to have uh, basketball back and sports back in general, right? Baseball is back as well. So I'm I'm thrilled to have basketball back. This this whole bubble is going to be fascinating from start to finish, and I think the Lakers have just as good a chance as just about anybody else in the in the NBA at winning a championship. Next, we're going to check out San Antonio and the Spurs. I, I don't think they're an organization that we've typically associated with youth over the years, uh, but Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs says that's exactly what Coach Pop will be looking at in Orlando. Hey everybody, this is Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. And with the Spurs set to resume their season in Orlando, a lot has changed since the hiatus. Perhaps the biggest one is they are depleted. No LaMarcus Aldridge, no Trey Lyles, all but more than likely puts a nail in the coffin for their postseason run, although they do say they're still going to shoot for it. And another thing, too, is Popovich pretty much admitting that these next eight games are going to be all about the development of the younger Spurs so you put those two together, it seems, yeah, the biggest change is no playoff for the Spurs. The biggest storyline for San Antonio will be the development of the kids, with the Spurs boasting a roster the youngest in Popovich's tenure. The Spurs will finally be turning that page into the new era of the franchise. They'll be looking at Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lucas Amanich, Quindari Weatherspoon, et cetera, et cetera to lead the next generation of Spurs. So all eyes will be, at least from a Spurs fan point of view, on the new phase of the franchise. And it goes without saying, without LaMarcus Aldridge, Trey Lyles, and Popovich openly admitting that they're going to rely and develop the young guys, that the Spurs season will end without a playoff berth. I know that's something that hasn't been said in 22 seasons, but unfortunately, the way they are positioned right now in the chase for the last spot of the Western Conference playoffs, having to leapfrog several teams and then force an eight-seed play-in tournament, looks like it'll be a tough road for Orlando in uh, their chase for a playoff spot. Had they, uh, have, If they do do it, though, that will be an NBA record 23 straight seasons of postseason excellence. But if they come up short, it'll be the end of an era and what an era it was filled with plenty of postseason births, five titles along the way. It's an era that I think will never, ever be duplicated in the NBA. And that is a quick update on the San Antonio Spurs. 
as they get set to resume their season in Orlando. Coming up in segment two, are we overlooking the Boston Celtics bubble chances? And in segment three, we have a preview of the first game of the restart, the Jazz and the Pelicans. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Download Axios Today wherever you get your podcasts. And today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money, money that you can use for other important things like, I don't know, quarantine snacks. I love those. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Well, listen, you don't have to. You can use rockauto.com. They're a family business. They're serving auto parts customers online. They've been doing it for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. If you're just checking out Locked on NBA for the first time today or maybe in this uh, season Repreview number one, a welcome. Uh, hopefully, you'll subscribe to Locked On NBA to get daily updates on what's going down in Orlando in the bubble. But also make sure to subscribe uh, to your local team's podcast, not only in the NBA but also in the NFL, NHL, and MLB. The Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. Or you may be like me and you cheer for one of the Delete Eight teams who isn't playing in Orlando. Uh, And if that's the case, you might be looking for a team to adopt, uh, to cheer for in the bubble. Uh, I'm leaning towards Boston at this point because they feature Kimba Walker. As I said, I'm a a host on Locked on Hornets, so I have a special place in my heart for Kimba Walker. But with all of the injury news surrounding him, I'm not even sure if he's going to play. So I'm looking forward to hearing from John Corrales of Locked on Celtics to give me an update on what's going down in Beantown. Hey, thanks. I am John Corrales. I'm the Boston Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. Follow me on Twitter, RedsArmy underscore John. And the Boston Celtics are back and ready to make a run for the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe the NBA Finals. Uh, The biggest difference between the Boston Celtics now versus Boston Celtics before the break is, first of all, mostly fully healthy. And if Kemba Walker's knee can hold up, then I think the Boston Celtics will, for the first time, have their fully healthy roster. They only had 32 possessions, 32 possessions for the lineup of Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward. It's a small ball lineup, but it could be a great finishing lineup. The Celtics have wanted to experiment with that. They haven't been able to. Having full health having everybody out there, they'll get to see how that lineup will look and get those guys some reps to maybe figure out some of the flaws and maybe how to get around some of those things. So that's the biggest thing. 
Two big storylines for the Boston Celtics. That Kemba Walker knee is a big one. So he said it felt better after he came off of the layoff, but then he went through the individual workouts and then he started feeling pain on the side of his knee. So the Celtics immediately put him on a plan to slow down his restart, to get that strengthened. He didn't play in the first exhibition game, but they're going to start working him in. If the strengthening plan works, then the Celtics have a a solid uh, evidence that they know how to attack the knee, the knee pain, and they can get Kemba Walker ready for the playoffs. If Kemba Walker's knee holds up for the playoffs and he's fine, then that changes the entire dynamic of the Boston Celtics because they don't have a deep bench. And having Marcus Smart coming off of the bench would be huge. Not having him have to start, and then you have to rely on some of the lesser players, rookies, uh, that would be uh, that would be very advantageous for the Celtics. And obviously the other big storyline is Jason Tatum. Can Jason Tatum find that superstar level that he was playing at in January, February, and the beginning of March, where February he was averaging 30 points a game. I mean, he was playing like a first-team All-NBA player for a solid month. Can he get close to that? Can the Celtics have a player who is the best player in a series in at least the first few rounds? If you get to the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously Giannis is going to be the best player in that series. But if you can get Tatum playing at a high enough level, and he really closes the gap between him and Giannis. How, however much he can close that gap between him and Giannis is how much better the Celtics' chances are of getting past Milwaukee. If Tatum can play at a super high level, like obviously Giannis is the MVP. Obviously Giannis is going to be much better than everybody. But if Tatum can be also really, really good and, and sort of not quite match, but like I said, close the gap, then he lets the Celtics two through five best players match up against Milwaukee's two through five best players. And now you've got yourself a series. So those are the big stories for the Boston Celtics. How does this seeing this thing end for them? I think they can get to the conference finals. I think they can get to a series against the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not going to say they're going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks because Milwaukee's good and Giannis is a beast, but I think the Celtics can get to the conference finals, and I think they can give Milwaukee a run. They can give themselves a chance, which is saying a lot. All right. Thanks, John. Bold prediction there. Boston, I think we might be underrating them. I might. I think they might sneak in there into NBA championship contention, and I'm not just saying that because they are my adopted bubble team. Our next bubble team that we're going to preview gave us one of the uh, good surprises of the, the scrimmage period. That's the Indiana Pacers and the maybe return of Victor Oladipo. Let's send it on to the gang from Locked On Pacers. Hey guys, Tony East here from Locked On Pacers. I'm going to catch you up on everything you need to know about the Pacers before the season gets up to speed. So uh, March 10th was the last time we saw this team play. They lost a close one to the Celtics and things have changed dramatically for them since then, honestly. In that game, uh, Oladipo played really well, but Malcolm Brogdon did not play with an injury. Jakar Sampson played limited capacity, played in a limited capacity with an injury. Doug McDermott was out and did not play. Uh, since that time, we've seen a lot of healing for the Pacers. McDermott's healthy. Brogdon is healthy. Uh, Oladipo expected by his head coach to play. Um, and then at the same time, that Jakar Sampson's ready. They've, they've gotten a lot of health 
when the season paused to now, and those should be ready to go. The only guy they'll be missing is Jeremy Lamb, who is out for the season uh, after he got injured in February. So that's the biggest uh, advantage for this team compared to where they were when the season shut down is they're fully healthy, they're ready to get chemistry with the roster that they have and hit the ground running. Uh, they were really strong without Oladipo, so now that they have Victor Oladipo uh, six months post-return, basically, we'll get a good gauge on his health status and how the team could be potentially elevated by his presence. And the biggest storyline surrounding the team is that, right? So if this team who had a really good record without Victor Oladipo can be better with him on the court, they're really close to you know contending for an Eastern Conference Finals, maybe even an NBA Finals appearance if things break their way. Like right, their record uh, without Oladipo was was close to winning two out of every three games. If Oladipo can get close to the level he was in 2018-19 season, or even 2017-18 when he was an All NBA guy, the Pacers are going to be a very dangerous team. You know, high 50s and wins level squad, two All Stars plus some very good peripheral players in the starting five and good bench players. They'll be really set to go. So if I had to guess, given uh, what we know about the team, how their season ends. Uh, it's hard to say because if Oladipo doesn't look like his old self, right, their their ceiling isn't that high. I mean, they could maybe win a first-round series because, again, they were good without him. Um, but it's really hard to see them winning a first-round series uh, just in general given their talent level. So we'll see. But uh, if, if Oladipo looks pretty good, there's a chance they could make it to the second round. It's very unlikely they could beat any of the top, top teams in the East. So the second round is probably their ceiling. But my best guess is, you know, they win about half or a little over half of their uh, regular se- eight regular season games, uh, make the playoffs, and then lose a hard-fought first round in six or seven games, and and they're over by then. So, uh, yeah, the Pacers will be one of the more interesting teams to watch just because a decent amount of their future could hinge on this between their two-center experiment uh, with Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis on the inside and uh, Victor Oladipo's playing status and future with the team all sort of up in the air. Uh, I think the bubble is going to be very interesting to see how this team could navigate their future and what's going on for them right now. So it's going to be one of the more fascinating teams to watch how things break for them. And I, I hope you all uh, enjoy watching them in the bubble and tune into Locked On Pacers to hear more about the team. Next up, we're taking a trip to the nation's capital, the Washington Wizards. A lot of people counting them out right now, but one of those people, not one of the newest hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network, Renee Washington. Renee, take it away. Renee Washington here, host of the Locked on Wizards podcast. The biggest question around the Washington Wizards continues to be, how will they look without their three leading scorers? John Wall has been out all year with an Achilles injury. Bradley Beal opted out of the NBA restart with a shoulder injury, and Davis Bertans also opted out. So three of their leading scorers not in Orlando with them, sitting at the number nine seed in the East, five and a half games back from the Magic. The Wizards have eight games to force a playing game and make a push for the postseason. The Wizards are looking at the NBA restart as a new season with a new team and a new approach. It's a roster of young players looking at this opportunity to show their worth and find ways to impact the game. And Coach Brooks has been giving everyone a chance to show what they can do. There is absolutely no pressure on the Wizards coming into the NBA restart. Many have already written them off, especially once the news broke that Bradley Beal was not going to be going to Orlando with the rest of the team. But when you look across the roster, this is a team full of a number of players that are in their first, second, or third year in the NBA, and also role players that are still trying to figure out their identity. And in the past, we're able to defer to a player like Beal. And without him there offensively, who will be the players that will step up in his absence? 
The team has been saying they're not relying on any one specific player to take over and do what Bradley Beal was able to do each night. No one is going to have to play like Bradley Beal or play like Davis Bertans. As a team, collectively, they're trying to take on that role and responsibility to find ways to score, whether it's through running their plays or their transitions, stretching the floor, attacking the basket, being better and more consistent from the field. They have to find ways to score. Looking at this NBA restart as an opportunity to get more reps in, more experienced, and as a unit, they're looking to unselfishly step on the floor, work the ball around, run their plays, and really be able to have every player find ways to impact the game. That's something that a number of the players and Coach Brooks have talked about. Looking at their practices and early scrimmages, you see across the board on both sides of the ball, they're looking to just disrupt defensively, be more organized, talk more in their rotations, be better with rebounding, and then offensively, looking to take more shots, even in their first scrimmage Wednesday versus the Denver Nuggets. And although they shot just 36.5% from the field and 9 for 34 from the three, they were taking those chances. Those shots will eventually start to fall. And this is a great opportunity in this NBA restart to really build up that confidence and really get the ability to just play. Wednesday versus the Denver Nuggets, Hachimura, 14 field goal attempts. Troy Brown Jr., 13. Jerome Robinson, 11. And those three also led them in scoring. Rui Hachimura finished with a near double-double, 18 points, 9 rebounds. Troy Brown Jr., 12 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. They played more aggressive, attacked the basket more, And Coach Brooks has talked to them about needing them to step up. And that's what we're seeing players doing on the Wizards roster. Hachimura spoke about how Coach Brooks has asked him to step up and put some of that leadership on him to play more aggressive. For Brown, we're seeing him attack the rim, get to the basket with more confidence. He's playing with more aggression. You've seen some great shifty drives from him. And really, he's not hesitating or overthinking. Thomas Bryant, a player that we weren't really sure if he was going to be able to play in the scrimmage versus the Nuggets. He did come down to Orlando eight days after the team after testing positive for COVID-19. Once he was able to come down to Orlando just over a week later, his return to play process is behind. So he also has been working back. Of course, he's dealt with injuries throughout the course of the regular season, but we saw what he was able to do when he was healthy. So he's another player that's going to be someone to watch for the Wizards as they're needing everyone to find a way to step up. Isaac Bunga, another player that's been consistent and impressing many with the way he's returned to the NBA restart. But the team will continue to work. Although it's a tall task for them to win the NBA title or even the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, for this season, the Wizards are just hoping to take a step in the right direction to at least force a play-in game to these eight games, have a shot at the postseason, and look to get a playoff spot. Also, just to take it one game at a time, build confidence, chemistry, and move forward as they prepare not only for this NBA restart, but also for the future. I'm Renee Washington, and you can check more out on Locked On Wizards Podcast. As the NBA gets set to begin, all good things must come to an end like this Locked On NBA season re-preview one final segment to go and last but not least we will be previewing the first matchup in the nba restart between the utah jazz and the new orleans pelicans one of the nice things about the way the nba set up this return is that they were still able to feature two of the brightest young stars in the NBA right now, Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies and Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans to find out what kind of chances the New Orleans Pelicans have of extending that look at Zion Williamson. We sent it over to Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. 
there's a couple of different ways to look at this team. Certainly, they're a little bit different now than when the NBA season was suspended, but they're not all that different. This team had no real injuries to recover from. They were playing their best basketball of the season. They were finally fully healthy when the season was suspended, and they look to carry that form over. All of these guys have been in various gyms during this break, uh, staying in shape, and we've all seen that picture of Zion Williamson looking like a superhero or a supervillain, depending who you're rooting for when it comes to the NBA's restart. So from that aspect of it, they're just thinking, let's continue what we were doing. Nothing really needs to change and then they can get into the playoffs. They had the easiest remaining schedule. They were within three and a half games back of the Memphis Grizzlies for that eighth spot with two games left to go against them. And they had beaten them twice pretty handily. They had the tiebreaker over the Portland Trailblazers. Basically, things were good. And New Orleans, if they can carry any sort of that form over into the bubble, are going to feel really good about their chances of getting into the playoffs. They are the only team in the NBA's restart that has an opponent combined winning percentage under 500. But there is a little bit of a difference, and it has to do with the Pelicans' race for that ninth spot, the eighth spot, the play-in tournament that comes between those two seeds. Zion is not with the team currently as of when I'm recording this. He'll need to go through quarantine if and when he returns to the bubble, but that is all unknown right now. He left due to an emergency family medical situation, and who knows when that means he's going to return. If he's tested negative every day he's been outside of the bubble or seven straight days, then he only has a four-day quarantine. But if it's beyond that or he didn't take uh, tests while he was out, the extended quarantine period could cause him to miss a couple of games and the Pelicans chances get impacted of getting into that playoff situation. But they feel confident they can win without Zion Williamson. Don't forget this team went 11-4 and in the 15 games leading up to Zion's debut. They're led by all-star Brandon Ingram, first-year all-star, averaging 24 points per game. Lonzo Ball is healthy and playing amazing basketball, the best basketball of his career, and has become actually somehow a good three-point shooter, shooting 38%. Throw in Drew Holiday, who can throw the clamps on anybody on the perimeter, and this team feels confident that with their easy schedule and the difficult schedule of the other teams in competition for that eighth and ninth spot, that they can at least get into the playoff situation. When you look at this roster playing that fast-paced Alvin Gentry style, a defense that's risen from the bottom of the league to being 10th best since Christmas Day, they have the fifth best offense during that time. This team might be for real. They started off slowly, but just needed to get healthy. There was a lot of roster turnover. And by the time they started to get healthy, develop a lot of team chemistry, this Pelicans roster is pretty good. So my guess on how this ends is the Pelicans are in the ninth spot in a two-game playoff with the Memphis Grizzlies. And I would not be shocked if they beat them. Pretty handily, too, as they've done two times so far during the regular season, and we'll see one more matchup. It's tough to beat five uh, a team 5-0 in a, ra- in a season. We don't normally see something like that. But this Pelicans team seems to have the Memphis Grizzlies numbers. Without Zion, it's a little bit tougher, but there's a lot of talent here. They can get it done. With Zion, it becomes even easier, and the whole league gets to celebrate and watch because this is a fun guy to go watch play basketball. So I think the Pelicans get in. Thank you, Jake. It was Rudy Gobert's positive test that paused the NBA season, but thanks to a lot of hard work and a lot of money, the NBA has uh, gathered together teams again, and we are set to restart the NBA season. So I felt it appropriate to end our Locked On NBA season re-preview with David Locke, the host of Locked On Jazz, with his preview of the Utah Jazz. 
Hi, this is David Locke from Locked on Jazz. There's no team that's probably been more changed by what has taken place since March 11th. The Jazz were the ones on the floor when Rudy Gobert tested positive and were taken off. And since then, the Jazz have been in the midst of turmoil. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's relationship has been micro-analyzed on every level. The two of them seem to be back at a working relationship and have made progress, but they did go months without speaking. On the floor, the Jazz have lost Boyan Bogdanovich, their 20-point-a-game power forward who stretched the floor to allow the pick-and-roll game Quinn Snyder has implemented to work at perfection, has had wrist surgery, and will not return for the team. So there may be no team more changed than the Utah Jazz from March 11th when the season started to the restart here inside the bubble. The biggest storyline for the Jazz are all these esoteric items that are hard to understand exactly. How are they getting along? Where is his team chemistry are Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert going to be fine for the future but the fact is on those issues they're probably overblown because of the lack of sports and the lack of other coverage so that that story stayed at the forefront of basketball for three months like no other could have in the meantime Donovan Mitchell will sign an extension in the offseason and Rudy Gobert will be eligible for the supermax and the likelihood is that the two of them will be teaming up for years to come so now the question gets to be how does Mike Mike Conley integrate into this team. It was a rocky start for the Memphis Grizzlies at point guard after 12 years in Memphis to come to a new place. But right before the league shut down, Conley had hit his stride. February 1st, he came off of his minutes restriction. And after that moment, he started to play very, very well. In fact, in the final 11 games, averaged 17 points, four rebounds and five assists, shooting 46% from the field and 44% from three. That was the player the Jazz had looked to acquire to complement Donovan Mitchell and relieve some of the burden on the Jazz leading scorer. So now without Boyan Bogdanovich, that role becomes even larger for Mike Conley and how he fits in. He has a $30 million option in the offseason. Everyone is assumes he'll pick up. So this is really building to next year to see whether the Jazz can find a way to have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell work well in what is a diminutive backcourt with two six foot one, six foot two guards. For the Jazz on the floor this series season, they are the ones everyone wants to match up against. Without Boyan Bogdanovich, with the problems they've had, everyone wants the Jazz. We're going to watch everyone position to get the Jazz in the Western Conference. The only thing that might not be accurate about that, while the storyline makes a lot of sense if you're missing someone like Bogdanovich from your lineup, and the Jazz are awfully thin and going to be awfully small, playing Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell as their starters, with Jordan Clarkson and Emmanuel Moutier filling in in many of those spots, and George Niang, the Jazz will be very, very thin and very small. So teams wanting to match up against the Jazz makes a lot of sense. The only thing that may make that not the best decision is Rudy Gobert. The Jazz have been a second-round playoff team in three of the last four years because of Rudy Gobert. He is the common thread amongst all of it. He impacts games as much as just about any player in the NBA. The Jazz shot profile defensively is number one in the league as they allow some of the fewest amount of shots at the rim as well as some of the fewest amount of three-point shots. are the only team in the top five in both because of Rudy Gobert. If shooting is actually going to be something that teams struggle with, Gobert's ability to deny the rim on the defensive end and get to the rim on the offensive end may be more important than ever before. His presence might be more than anyone realizes and the Jazz might not be the easy out everyone thinks because in this setting, Gobert's value may 
maybe equal to that of one of the top 10 players in the NBA. That's where the Utah Jazz sit as we start the restart of the NBA season. You are officially ready for the restart of the NBA season, so now what? Now you should subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan. They've got some in-depth stuff on all of the contenders in the NBA bubble. You should also subscribe to Rejecting the Screen, Noah Kozlov, Adam Stanko. They are always giving you great information on what's going on in Orlando and around uh, the NBA draft and free agency that's coming up this summer. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on NBA for daily updates on what's happening in Orlando, plus to your local team. Thanks so much for listening. This has been a blast. Uh, Thanks to everyone uh, who gave uh, me this opportunity to do this. If you want to follow me, you can do so on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH. Make sure you're following Locked On NBA on Twitter as well, at Locked On NBA Net. Enjoy basketball. I'll see you on League Pass.